0: Alrighty everybody. Good afternoon. Guru and Wiz, Fantasy Football Podcast. U.S. Open uh, began today, Wiz, so uh, watching a little bit of golf this weekend. That'll be high on the agenda, but you and I still have uh, little bits and bobs to talk about as far as fantasy football goes. How are you doing today?
1: Yeah, I'm doing well. I uh, hope you are uh, doing well. Uh yeah, we're going to talk, uh, just going to cover some ground about just some interesting topics. And then uh, kind of as it gets closer to uh, July, <clears throat> we're really going to get into like some uh, really more specific with teams and uh, fantasy football outlook for uh, for specific players.
0: Yeah, I think, um, you know, th- there's there's lots of changes every offseason. Uh, obviously, teams have uh, changed themselves in terms of personnel Uh, With the draft and free agency and uh, there are coaching changes all over to discuss and uh, Wiz and I will definitely be covering each and every team. Uh, We did that last couple of years and uh, we'll be doing it again this year. Actually, Wiz, I got a couple of people, uh, uh, Connor and Eddie, a couple of friends of mine from uh, my former work league They're reaching out. They want to know if this year we're finally going to be doing a draft in person. They want to know what date it is. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's another thing, too. Probably time to start getting organized. I I know it's only mid-June at this point in time. But, yeah, probably time to start getting organized and, you know, getting – getting your leagues assembled if there are if there are holes to fill in terms of a team that you need all that sort of stuff you don't want to wait till the last minute you and you and i have seen that happen before uh i think it's better to be prudent and and ahead of the game and uh i, w- I was glad to see a couple of guys reach out and uh, knowing that they're thinking about the upcoming season
1: oh yeah i mean <clears throat> yeah, i've been in contact with uh several people from several different leagues that i'm in and uh I think uh, it's getting very, very close to that time where uh, you start making plans for the uh, upcoming season. What you want to do with your drafts? Any rule changes? All of that as well.
0: Yep, I, I agree. Are people? I'm curious, Wiz, in your conversations, are people asking about like what's been? I'm I'm curious if there's been one common thread. I would say the common thread for guys that I'm in contact with is a continued discussion around what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. That seems to be coming up most frequently, I guess, with guys. Is there anything particularly coming up with guys that you're speaking to?
1: Uh, just, I'm in contact with a lot of the commissioners of other leagues. And just really kind of like maybe just going over some potential rule changes, that kind of thing. I'm not really getting into specific Uh, players with other guys from other leagues. I I really feel the conventional thinking is that Deshaun Watson is going to get a minimum of eight games. Um, And it could be the season. It could be 12 games. It could be 10 games. But I I just feel like I don't know how it's not going to be at least eight games. And furthermore, I, I don't know how the NFL is supposed to make a decision on this soon because it seems every literally every week more women are coming forward. So you'd hate to make a decision and then the NFL get more information than they have now about it. So this is a, a very, very fluid situation right now.
0: Yeah. yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. Like I said, that seems to be the topic that comes up most. I, I would say to your point about, you know, speaking to commissioners and stuff, uh, you know, you and I are in a league together. Obviously we always ask people in the leagues, what changes that they want and, and things of that nature. And I, and I think it again, important to get those thoughts organized and, And to try to figure out, you know, hey, what are you going to what are there going to be some changes that you make? Is it in the scoring system? Is it in in, in your starting lineup, perhaps adding an additional flex player uh, instead of being, you know, maybe instead of being uh, subjected to uh, more restrictions, kind of like starting three running backs or four receivers, maybe people want more flexibility in that. So this is a time of the year to kind of talk about those sort of things.
1: You love those flex. You, I, you, I do. Your, your response to any fantasy football problem is add more flex. Yeah, add or, a,
0: exactly. You uh, love that. I, 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 You know, the way I look at it, Wiz, is, is the, you know, the especially in the leagues that we're in where, where we do reward uh, strong performance, I think, pretty equally. Uh, you know, the, I, I don't think there's a big difference when you're talking, and especially the way the breakdown of the running back has occurred. I don't, and the increase in usage of tight ends. I don't think there's as much differentiation between the positions as they used to be before. You know, when I first started playing in fantasy, and, and you know, which was in two thousand. Uh, you started much much longer than that ago, and and the, and you know, the the, the format of, of football, uh, fantasy football has changed, and and the NFL game has changed, and we've speaking we've spoken about that so so much. Yep.
1: And definitely has. So you had a good idea, an interesting topic for uh, today's podcast. Uh, so why don't you explain that?
0: Yeah, so I, I kind of wanted to touch base on you know, and, and we talk about kind of how players finish a season, or you know, I, I think all of us in fantasy kind of. Wrap our arms around certain players or what have you, and and then there comes a time where you know you you maybe get burned by that player, and uh, you know once you get burned, is it easy to return to kind of that player? So so yeah, the 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 the, the this podcast is basically looking at some players that you know maybe for a season or two, uh, a, a former elite player, or, or even a guy with with you know, I would be considering uh, that had a lot of promise and has just been disappointing. Maybe it's because of injury. Maybe it's because of usage. Maybe it's just just because of just outright poor performance. But, yeah, wonder, wondering about guys who you are either going to go back to the well and, and believe in that player or it's time to move away from that player. And that's kind of the, the subject of this particular podcast, Wiz.
1: All right. So where do you want to start?
0: Yeah, you know, I'm going to start with, with – the one quarterback that i have on my list and he's been a favorite of mine as long as he's been in the nfl in fantasy and he's been a complete disappointment in the last year and a half and as and this year as it turns out he's got a change of scenery and we're talking about russell wilson so russell wilson had a horrendous second half in 2020 after they let Russ cook in the beginning of the year. Last year, he was dealing with an injury, but still there was, I would say, it was very clear that there was a lot of distraction going on on that Seattle Seahawks team last year. The chemistry looked like it had changed between him and DK Metcalf. And, you know, coming off of, I would say, a year and a half of disappointment, I am wondering, you know, is it time to kind of embrace Russell Wilson again. He's going into a new situation. There's a lot of talent at the skill positions in Denver. I think this is a better team all the way around. And yeah, that's a player that I'm kind of wondering, do I go back to Russell Wilson uh, having been, I would say, burnt a little bit in the la- in the last year and a half? Uh, I-, I think he's got an exceptionally talented receiving group here in, in Patrick uh, Jerry Judy and, and Cortland Sutton. I think we do have to watch about Jerry Judy in terms of legal stuff. We know Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon make up this running back tandem. Uh, Al- Albert Ugrabunum is is the tight end here. I think it's a better offensive line in Denver. And like I said, Denver's defense is probably a stronger defense than Seattle. And this is going to be a division, by the way, where there's probably going to be uh, high-flying games wherever you turn, uh, the AFC West being one of the more for- formidable uh, divisions. So, so I would say if I had an answer, am I going to be enticed to go back to Russell Wilson, given the backdrop that I just explained? My answer would be yes on that. Uh, But it's not without a little trepidation is what I would say based on what's happened the last couple of seasons.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I I wouldn't put him in the grouping with, let's say, Josh Allen and Justin Herbert. But he certainly... In the grouping with Joe Burrow and Dak Prescott and Kyla Murray and Derek Carr and Patrick Mahomes, I, you know, I think, I think at that point it just becomes a matter of personal preference. <clears throat> I think he's solid, but uh, you know, I think he, he hasn't really dropped that off that much in my mind, and uh, I could see reasons why you would want to embrace Russell Wilson again and I could see reasons why somebody would prefer you know like a Joe Burrow or if they feel Lamar Jackson is going to be unleashed with that running game again they're going to scrap what they were doing we're trying to make him a passer and and he's going to really you know, amp up the rushing yards and the rushing touchdowns I could see how people would prefer him but I think think Russell Wilson is certainly I guess in that block of quarterbacks that could be taken uh, as far as quarterback one is concerned
0: all right, very good. Uh, how about a player that kind of fits uh, w- w- your thinking at the moment? Uh, you can go in any direction. I, you know, we didn't really talk beforehand about what players we were going to even speak about. Uh, didn't leave any position restrictions to it. So why don't you give us uh, your your first player who you want to talk about?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to be just going to go over some players that I think could be. Really fantasy relevant have been fantasy relevant, and whether it's time to like kind of turn the page. And the player that comes to mind for me under the, that description is Saquon Barkley, who you know is in a position to really be you know in the top ten at running back, uh, even though he's missed games. You know, it's it's just set up, you know, with Brian Dayball there, and he's the, the There isn't somebody like there that's going to take away carries or he's going to come off the field on third down. So that's the reason to like him, the reason to turn the pages. He just makes these type of plays where he he, he he just can't be counted on to play 16 or 17 games. And that's a problem if you're using an early pick in a snake draft and paying a high amount of money. In an auction draft, so you, you, by the sure way, you've, you
0: you have on... you, you, really highlighted highlighted that situation about him in terms of how he ends plays. You know, I think over the years we've seen players that they get up all the time, right? They never they never crumpled up. They they you know they brush themselves off. They're back up with Barkley. That's not that's not the case. And you you've been talking about this for at least two years now.
1: Yeah, I always felt Nick Chubb was going to be a better NFL running back than Saquon Barkley. And the reason why is Nick Chubb knows when to take two yards and move on to the next play. Saquon Barkley just tries to turn every play almost into a highlight reel and plays that really should be two, three yard games where your team could get, you know, make a first down on the next play. He tries to make wild plays and sometimes, you know, he has that athletic ability and he does highlight real time plays and then um, but most of the time you see three, four, five yard losses in those type of plays. So I I am I'm, I'm more on the negative view for Barkley. Where do you come on with Barkley for this year? Are you giving him one more or less go-around to be in that running back one category, you kind of turning the page on Saquon.
0: So here's what I would say, Wiz. I don't know. I think the way I'm looking at preseason rankings, I'm thinking that Saquon Barkley is actually going to be outside the top ten. Is that – like, do you feel that that's actually going to be the case coming into the year? At least that's – when I'm thinking about running back rankings, I think there's been enough that's happened in the last couple of years – that has pushed him out of the top 10. That's kind of what I'm saying. So, so you could get a real surprise here, is what I would say, in terms of a guy that could return running back one value, but not necessarily at, at running, back value, running back one valuation.
1: I, yeah, I think that's fair in middle of June. However, I think come August, you're going to see Saquon Barkley creep into that top ten. I think he's going to, you know, jump over some of the guys that right now maybe ranked with him or ahead of him. So, look, we talk about this all the time. Like a player who has been gone, you know, drafted much higher in drafts for years. You know, we've never liked, but at some point a player could drop far enough where he then becomes value. And I think that could be the case with a player like Saquon Barkley, but I'm not sure where he is right now is where he's going to be viewed upon, let's say in six to eight weeks come the middle of August. So uh, I'm still going to take the wait and see approach. He's one of the players, you know, even more so than Derrick Henry. If I knew he was going to play 16 games, um you know he's a player that I would certainly target but you just can't count on that
0: so so let me ask you a question you, you mentioned Nick Chubb and Nick Chubb's actually on my list and th- there's no indictment uh, as far as I as far as I see in terms of Nick Chubb as a as an NFL running back in terms of his ability uh, as being a top five running back breaking tackles uh nose for the end zone all, all those sort of things um to, to me Nick Nick Chubb has a, a number of different factors that are kind of going on and, you know, including Deshaun Watson status, of course, uh, obviously Kareem Hunt being in that backfield as well. Uh, but to me, it, it still seems like, uh, so, so I, I have, I expressed some concerns about the reality of Nick Chubb as an NFL running back versus the reality of Nick Chubb as a fantasy running back. And I'm kind of getting to the point with Nick Chubb that I'm a little bit reluctant to make him a top-10 fantasy running back. Uh, That's not to say, like I said, I question his abilities, but I'm a little bit bit concerned that he could be more overvalued as a fantasy running back.
1: I think that's fair. Uh, I think, you know, the looming suspension of Deshaun Watson, that matters. Uh, You know, with Deshaun Watson, the the Browns figure to certainly be in games in the fourth quarter and and certainly have their share of games where they're leading in the fourth quarter. And that's Nick Chubb time. You have to feel if it's Jacoby Brissett quarterback, most of those games the Browns are going to be coming from behind and they've shown a reluctancy to keep Nick Chubb on the field on third down. And that would lend itself more to Kareem Hunt's value. So I think what you say is fair. Um, it's – the combination of usage of Nick Chubb, it's the combination of the ability of Kareem Hunt, it's the combination of uh, what the status is going to be of the Sean Watson. So I think once you know what the status of the Sean Watson is, it can narrow it down a little bit. But to your point, he's still going to get his value eaten away at because they don't use him on third downs, and the Browns have other players that are that are good at that position.
0: Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. I, there's one other player I do want to talk about, running back, a darling from two years ago. And I would say as we sit here today, I have not seen a early prognostication board that has James Robinson higher than Travis Etienne. Um, and I'm not sure that I agree with that, but that's kind of just the way things are situated right now. Uh, James Robinson got hurt early in the season last year, really a lost season, new coaching staff, uh, what's your thoughts on a player that you and I I think both like? Uh, like I said, a darling in twenty twenty, uh, a waiver wire, you know, probably one of the best waiver wire pickups, uh, you know, in most leagues in, in fantasy in recent fantasy history. Uh, I'm curious your thoughts on, on on James Robinson, and do you agree that in in most people's opinions at this juncture, uh, Etienne is getting valued higher than Robinson? Well,
1: Doug Peterson did not draft. Travis Etienne that Bozo Urban Meyer did. So he's not married to the Etienne pick. Th- that said, Etienne's a, a good player and has a different kind of a skill set than James Robinson. But make no mistake about it, running inside the tackles, Travis Etienne is nowhere near James Robinson. The problem is Travis Etienne has better pass-catching ability and he has a familiarity with, at Clemson with Trevor Lawrence so he has that familiarity he's gonna take away some usage from James Robinson I'm not sure how much but uh it's certainly enough to move James Robinson way down the ranks at the running back position
0: yeah and and, that, and that's kind of the and also let's face it he's coming off of a, an injury as well uh which also adds to the question marks around the player
1: yeah they both both players are but yeah yeah that, no absolutely that's 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 very true. Um, moving on to wide receiver, the one wide receiver that just sticks out to me that saw thumb for this particular podcast, another podcast we're going to talk about, is Mike Thomas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, this is a player that I just have such a difficulty ranking. Um, what do you do with this player? When he's played, he's a lead at the position. Now he's kind of missed two years of football he's not having drew Brees throw him the ball with that accuracy and that incredible ratio of catchers catches you know out of you know out of targets that he had with drew Brees. but he hasn't played football he's a tremendous talent um i'm having a difficult time with mike thomas i see a wide range of outcomes but for this one I'm kind of leaning towards it. Maybe time to turn the page on the player.
0: Yeah, I, I also think there's reason to question the player's desire and attitude. Right? There, there's been it, not only has he missed time for physical issues during the season, he's been suspended while he's been physically out because of causing commotions uh, in the, in the locker room. So I, I'm out on Mike Thomas until I see absolutely guilty until proven innocent.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's strange because you just usually you see a player like digress over time because of age, because of just other players have jumped him in ability. But the last time he's played a full season, Mike Thomas was going as a top three pick in snake drafts, and now he's just completely fallen off the radar. Um, but if I had to choose between like really – forgiving that and thinking he could enter wide receiver one or be a top 20 wide receiver versus kind of turning the page on him and letting him be somebody else's problem. I would choose the latter as well with you. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: And, and I got to say was a, a player that I think is not quite at the Mike Thomas part of it because he's actually been on the field, but this year he's not going to be on the field to start the season. And I'm not quite sure what's going on in this player's head either. But I think DeAndre Hopkins is also very difficult to rank.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree with that. I mean, it just seems like he's been a disgruntled football player the last few years. Um, You know, certainly wanting out of Houston and, you know, then Arizona and, you know, even though... He was putting up good numbers. It just seemed to be problems, and he couldn't stay on the field, and now he's not getting any younger, and he's missing time as well. So um, he's another difficult player to rank as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah, actually, w- w- I, there there are two other wide receivers that – one's a young guy and, and one's an older guy, and I'm not sure kind of quite how they're going to go. I think a there's a, it can go in a couple of different directions, but – two guys I'm kind of challenged by one is Alan Robinson and the other is Terry McLaurin and Robinson's got a new team. Um, uh so that should be beneficial that he's playing for the Rams and the offense that they're in. That's the first thing I would say about that. But, you know, coming off of a of a pretty disappointing season. Um, and on, on, on the flip side, McLaurin, I think McLaurin had a, a really tough season this year, with And and right now, it's not clear if he's going to be on the football field with Washington. Uh, I'm struggling to rank both of those players at the moment.
1: Yeah, for very different reasons, though. McLaurin has played with such subpar – level quarterbacks um it it just but but in
0: comes carson wentz
1: (laughs) right but he very well may be an upgrade over what's happened but yeah i mean he's got he's angry and he i don't know if it's going to end up with a long-term contract i don't know if it's going to end up with him missing games and i don't know if it's going to end up with him being traded all of those three things can happen so i'm going to take the wait and see approach with um with McLaurin. As far as Allen Robinson's concerned, I think Allen Robinson's a, a good player. I, I just don't think he was – I don't think we're ever going to see the Jacksonville Jaguars version of Allen Robinson again. To me, poor quarterback play is certainly part of the reason. But to me, when I was watching them on the field, it was clear to me that Donnell Mooney had – Leaped him as far as a better receiver goes, as you know, as, as as many you know people may find that hard to believe. I don't find it hard to believe because I just feel like Robinson's not that player, and I think he'll be a, he'll be an okay player. Um, but also, I want to find out what ends up happening with Odell Beckham. I think that can matter as far as Allen Robinson goes. But if Allen Robinson is the number two option, I think he'll be okay. But the days of the jacksonville jaguars unstoppable alan robinson or being a top 10 guy at the position i think those days are over
0: all right very interesting uh, uh, well,
1: what's your view? What's your view on that player? Yeah,
0: I, I'm, I, I've never. So I would say early in his career, uh, I, I thought Alan Robinson was an enticing guy. Uh, he's dealt with a number of injuries, but I, I didn't like what I saw last year. And yeah, I, 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 I am going to say probably a player that I shy away from more than I go go towards.
1: But you know that player always ends up either on Howie's team or DB's team in every league that they're in. They're in those that player, <laughs> for some reason, they they. They, they love that player. Now, I don't know what it is, but uh, any players at uh, tight end that you had, uh, you know, wanted to talk about for a minute. You
0: know, I think it's reasonable to be maybe slightly cautious on two elite tight ends coming into this season for different reasons. Uh, one's got a most likely going to have a quarterback change. He didn't play, He was limited last year in injuries. And I think his performance was inconsistent and that's George Kittle. Uh, and then the other guy is a guy both you and I really love, but I, you know, with Devontae Adams coming into town and last year, not being able to stay on the field and not, you know, obviously he's a year older and, and he's not a young guy to start out. Darren Wall is going to be 28, I don't know, are are there guys who drafted those players expecting top three, top four uh, output from a tight end and didn't get it? And are those players that it's time to move on from both of those players? Look, I love both of them. I think they're tremendous football players. But I think there's reason for me to be a little bit more squeamish about drafting either of those at the positions that they're currently sitting at uh, going into this upcoming season.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, George Kittle plays the game so hard, and unlike some of these other tight ends, he is so involved in the running game, and he's an elite blocker, one of the best at his position, a physical player. Every play, he plays just the game so hard. Um, So there's reason to what you say. To me, more of a reason is, I love the tight end position this year. I'm looking at this these tight ends this year, and uh, boy, oh boy, I'm just saying I really love this position. I think there are a, a lot of tight ends that can really improve this year and move up the rankings, and um, and 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 you get into the top ten. So if you combine those factors, um, I understand your point, and uh, I, I I look at those tight ends, and I can see some of them moving back a little bit and I see a bunch of them kind of moving up as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a, so you, like a player like Dalton Schultz considering Amari Cooper is now gone in Dallas. So I like, you know, you can make the argument that Dalton Schultz may have more appeal than to both of the guys that I just mentioned, given their potential situations. Yeah,
1: it's, certainly. I mean, you know, he's, you know, uh, a focal part of that offense and and he will continue to be, and he's a good player. He's a reliable player, but there are some other exciting young players at the position. um, And even some more veteran guys that I think you could count on and be reliable um, that you're not losing that much where instead of taking one of those other guys in the second or third round, you could wait many, many rounds and put up, you know, Hunter Henry, Caught nine touchdowns last year he's gonna he has tremendous connection with mac jones there's absolutely no reason to believe that that connection is not all oh, is going to get stronger is not going to get stronger this year so um i think you, you know you you got to look at the stats and you got to look at the opportunity and uh it's a position that i'm feeling very very comfortable with a bunch of players
0: yeah i i would agree with that and i i look forward to talking about the tight end position as we uh get closer to the season so that's all I have, Wiz. you have any uh, further, further players no, that's yet? No,
1: that, that's, a, that's a wrap. The, yeah, just a few players that uh, found very difficult uh, to either, you know, forgive or kind of like just move on from. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how things clear up or get even cloudier as it gets closer to, uh, you know, July and August. And uh, and we're going to get into real specifics and uh, and be helping a lot of people as well.
0: All right, fantastic. That's Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Make sure you're subscribing. Wiz, I wish you a good weekend. Enjoy the golf, and uh, look forward to catching up later on.
1: You got it. You do the same.